Welcome to the Living to 100 Club podcast. Here's our host, Dr. Joseph Cassiani. Well, hello to everyone joining us today on our podcast. You're listening to one of our successful aging episodes this month on the Living to 100 Club program, and I'm your host, Joe Cassiani. Each week, our conversations educate and inspire, helping you get the best out of all the years we're given, regardless of what comes our way. This Living 200 Club podcast returns to the topic of exercise and physical activity with our guest, Bill Dooley. Bill has developed a series of exercises for the 65 and over age group in his native Australia. His company is Growing Young, an online program providing a collection of 200 short exercise videos, especially targeting the senior audience. We explore not only the physical benefits of exercise, but also the psychological and social aspects of exercise. This conversation also addresses Bill's emphasis on physical activity, false prevention, and strength training. You can start at any age, as Bill says, whether you're doing fun runs or simply chasing after the grandkids. Be sure to tune in for today's talk. Just a little background. Bill Dooley is an accredited exercise scientist, author, teacher, and lecturer who has been helping people exercise for almost 20 years through one-on-one, small group, and online sessions. Almost eight years ago, Bill started Growing Young, which is a face-to-face and online exercise program specifically designed to help and keep the 65 and over strong, upright, and functioning like someone 20 years younger. Well, welcome to our program today, Bill. Thanks for having me, Dr. Joe. Yeah, you're very welcome. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I always open by asking our guests to tell us maybe the highlights that took you to where you are today. What brought you to this place today? Dr. Joe, well, I'll give you the short version. The long version might put some people to sleep. The short version is, look, about eight years ago, my mum had a few falls, my mother, and asked me to help her get a little bit stronger, and I developed a series of exercises for her to do at home, and she, over a period of time, really benefited from those, and essentially that growing young was born from there. And those same exercises have, of course, evolved into a full series of exercises that I thought others could benefit as mum did. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So from there, it's been a journey to grow that to, to what it is now. COVID, of course, had a big part in the online side of things. Sure. Because many who were doing the program, of course, couldn't come into the gym face-to-face. So... I developed that online presence um, to help them and also others. I've got a Facebook page which I was putting up videos a couple of times a week. It was quite funny that my 
I was in the bedroom at home. I'm very, very much a beginner with regards to videoing and recording Dr. Joe, but I'd put, we've got a young family, so I'd put my young boys to sleep and I'd head into the bedroom as quietly, quietly as I could and film these videos and put them, put them online. And everyone, look, the feedback I got was terrific. Everyone was very grateful and, and benefited from those. And, and then and here we are today. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So that's an important ingredient that kind of precipitated the start of helping your mom and you developed some programs for her and that grew and expanded. Now you've got 200 videos. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a little bit, but how did your mom respond to the training, to the support? How did she do? Oh, look, mom. Oh, terrific. Look, mom. And I, mum won't mind me saying that she's a reluctant exerciser. <laughs> so a lot of the the techniques we use, and I'll talk about later on with regards to, you know, uh, behavioural sort of theories that I've learnt over the years and, and that I taught at university and things like that, I used with mum and, and just to help build up her confidence essentially. So once mum could see that she was capable and it was helping her, she was really she brought in a lot more if that makes sense so and and has been doing them since then so and and functionally speaking has benefited greatly and she does and well, mum and dad are terrific they're both in their mid 70s now but they do have um, lots of grandchildren and are quite active so it really the flow and effect essentially of of exercise and getting stronger and, and healthier is to make your life outside of the gym or outside of exercise better. Sure. And mum has seen that, which for me, it makes me happy to see as well. Have you taped a nice testimonial from her about your, your, your the effectiveness of your program? I have actually on the website, there's some so. testimonials from my online, the people I've helped exercise online over COVID and they were terrific. Mum, I, I she did actually, I, I, I wrote, a small book a few years back around the conversation I had with mum leading into the program, the exercise program. And, and so, and I got the approval for mum to do all that. And, and so all these things, when I talk about mum, I have her, her um, blessing to do sure. so, sure. which I asked for straight away, of course, before any of this started up and, and mum was only willing to say yes, of course. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm curious about the types of clients that you work with, Bill. I know you do these in person and you do online as well. So tell us about who who comes through your doors. What are they looking for? What are ages? What physical shape? Tell us about that. Yes, absolutely. So typically speaking, the people who come to see me are in their 60s, 70s, 80s even. And older, I have now developed, I suppose, a reputation or a niche to be um, in this particular demographic. A lot of my, I don't don't like to use the word clientele, sounds a bit clinical. The people who I help exercise, a lot of those people are referred to me um, through others that have done the program or are currently Mm. doing it. So, But they all have different goals. Of course, they have different bodies, different uh, requirements and, and different exercise histories. So, look, some people with regards to their goals might have a trip coming up that they want to get a little bit stronger for, or they just they feel 
they might be just those things around the house, those ADLs we call them or activities of daily living, they're just getting a little bit harder to perform, you know, getting up and down off the couch or out of bed or in, in and out of the car. So they just they know that their their strength maybe has diminished. They've felt it. I mean, you can read about it in books and know it's happening, but to feel it's a different thing. So mm-hmm. they come in to, to essentially there's something that's brought them in, and that's different for different people, of course. But basically, the overall or underlying reason is that they want to improve in some way. Mm-hmm. You, you have people coming in that are post rehab that are maybe recovering from a fall or a you know broken leg or something yes good question dr joe i have people that come in who uh have a, a surgery booked in so they'll come in pre op or pre surgery to just get a little they've been advised to look you just get a little bit stronger which will help you recover so i'll see them or even recovering from a, a surgery operation. So there's people, without naming names, of course, there's people at the moment doing the program who have had hip replacements, knee replacements, shoulder reconstructions or surgeries. Knees and hips seem to be in ankles because they're all weight-bearing, of course. They are quite common. So, yes, so it, it's they do present mm-hmm. quite, quite often, and, and a lot of times they're referred to me through a, the general practitioner or, or someone like that, or even a physiotherapist or a, a physical therapist mm-hmm. after their operation will will refer them on to me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you really have this specialty in the 65-plus age group, and that's, that's good to hear. I, I think that's really important because we are living longer and we want to live to our fullest, right? So we don't want to be slowed down if we're having some balance problems or weakness or fatigue. So um, I think that's really good. When you and I spoke, you talked about an initial assessment when someone comes in. What what areas of functioning do you look at in order to plan your approach? Well, I advise people, before we, we talk about anything to do with training, I, I generally get people to come in and have a look at where I run the programs, I meet them at various points. Uh, so they look more so so they can get a feel for the place, become familiar with it. They might not like it or like the look of me as well. So I say, look, come and meet me. We'll have a chat, no obligation, and 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 they'll get a feel for, and I'm lucky in a sense that not a lot of people have come in and met me and decided they didn't want to come back, which is mm-hmm. good. But then, look, once we've, we've had that initial chat, and also it's, it gives me a chance to create a rapport with the person. So once we come back for that initial assessment or consultation, I'll, look, I'll talk about goals and what, what they're essentially what's driving them to come in, important, and then we get down to the nitty-gritty of, you know, what any history of illnesses or injuries that they got current issues we go through what they've done in the past with regards, like I said, about their exercise and how often and what intensities have they done it. Some people have walked into the gym and wouldn't know a dumbbell from a football and have done absolutely nothing. So in a lot of ways, that can be a benefit to someone who's who's helping them exercise because you, you're starting with a clean slate, so to speak, but mm. um, you also have to be mindful of starting off at a, a safe intensity and progressing from there. And then we just go through a, a screening system and, and I do some testing for strength and balance mm. and 
range of motion and posture and all these sort of things just to give me a good grounding on on where they they are with their health and then we take it from there mm-hmm. sure yeah a good comprehensive picture i like that so with this uh, older age group seniors older adults what are the special considerations i mean we know there's obvious ones with some muscle weakness and balance problems what are the really special areas of attention that you look at with 60 70 80 year olds oh that's a good that's a good one uh, yeah. look i uh, there's a twofold answer so firstly there are obviously when i'm guided mostly by the goals of the particular person so what would you like to happen coming in but in the back of my mind i'm mindful that there's things that we need to look at and address that sort of not not negotiables but they're going to be present in in most people in that sort of age bracket if that makes sense so mm-hmm. the first thing is the strength and what where they're at with their strength so if i had to pick one area that's the most important with regards to to someone who's you know mid 60s to 70 80 would be to make sure that you you maintain your strength or or build it up if you haven't done that sort of training before and why I've chosen or, or lent towards the sort of 65-plus, people ask, well, why have you chosen that sort of age? Like it's – or why is it 65 and not 60 or 70 or, you know, which which I get quite common, that question is quite common. Uh, essentially, with regards to strength and we, you know, say we peak at 30 with regards to strength, which is generally the, the age. From then on, we sort of get a little bit, we lose a little bit of muscle, a little bit of strength over the years, which is not a surprise to people. That's common knowledge. Sure. But it's sort of like, if you can say for those out there, it's in a linear, so the strength's quite linear, the, the strength deficit. So it, it's consistent up to a certain point, which is about 65. Okay. And that's when mm-hmm. it sort of starts to drop off quite a bit more, or quite dramatically. And so I, I call that the tipping point. And sort of that starts to impact your balance and your walking, you know, along the footpath and all those sort of things. So 65 is the age that I sort of thought, well, that's where if people haven't looked at it up to that point, that's when it'll start to make a, a difference in their life, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean, Joe. Sure. Or Dr. Joe, I should say. No, Joe is So that's, that, that's one look. And then, mm-hmm. of course, you, you want to make sure the heart and lungs are functioning well and they're moving around. So the aerobic side of things are important. Balance and strength are quite closely related. So balance is certainly assisted or helped through an increase in strength, but you need to do some specific balance exercises to improve that side of things. And, of course, moving around is a lot harder to do when you're quite inflexible or you haven't got that mobility. So that's another area that can be improved too at any age. So it's... It's not like any of these things, this, and I get it a lot where people say, oh, well, what's the point? You know, I'm 70. I, I, how can I improve? And I'm like, well, it's not my opinion. It's, it's all evidence-based. And, of course, people can and they have and I've seen it and I've read it and it's been researched and it's if you do it and put the time in consistently, it'll it'll happen for you in most cases. So, yeah. so hopefully that answers your, your question. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that's uh, such an important area because, uh, like you say, sometimes you get the question, what's the point? Why am I, you know, trying to do something I'm really too old for? And your point is, well, it's never too late. It 
we start where, wherever you're at, right? Whether it's balance or muscle or strength, wherever they're at, this is the point you try to move them from, right, toward the next level. Yep, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's sure. Yeah, so look, I, it's, uh, I mean, you have to – it's a funny thing because exercise, and I try and be positive about it, and, of course, I know – the negative connotations or, or the outcomes if you don't do it. But when people come in, I focus more on what they're getting out of it and, and, and you know, the benefits of coming in and, and if that makes sense. So, and you know, and, and I mean, you're very well experienced in this area as well, you know, what happens if we don't do it? And, and But I don't focus on that more so. I focus on the journey, like what will be happening when they do do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that... That really helps people with regards to that their adherence to exercise. You know, like buying in and 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 coming back consistently because it only will happen if people do it often enough. And that's the thing is, I see I have and it's it's great to see. But I have people who might see me once a week. I have people that see me three times a week. I have people who want to see me every day. Mm. And I think that's apart from my poor suffering wife. I think no one needs to see me every day. so I, I have people who come and see me, but I give them things to do at home or, or a general. And if they've got they've um, signed up for the online version of the program, there's something they can do every day on that. So because the consistency of movements where you find the benefit from. Sure. But yeah, yeah. so that getting back to that point, it's the the focus on the benefit and the positive side of what's going on, not so much on trying to avoid what can happen if they don't do it. Yeah, yeah, the consequences of not doing it. That's, yeah, I can see that. Let's take the spotlight off of that and put the spotlight on how we can improve what the benefits are. I like that. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and one of those, and I know that it's important for you to touch on, and I hope I'm not jumping the gun with regards to the questioning, is there's a social benefit exercise, which yeah. is often overlooked by a lot of a lot of people. And I've seen it happen over many years, the, the connections people make with the ones they're training with or even with family members that they've started to train with their daughters or sons or even grandkids. And, you know, it, it's a way – and a lot of people in this particular age bracket might live alone and, unfortunately, they may have lost a partner or by choice. And it's a way of, of reducing that social isolation for them and, in turn, you know, reducing a sense of loneliness that they might feel. So those social connections are very important. I've had people who have met through the program who are now lifelong friends. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, they go away on holidays together, and which is fabulous for me. That I mean, they met fifteen plus years ago through the program, and all through training. The program itself is sort of only was born about eight years ago, but through. They're exercising with me. They'd never met before, hadn't hadn't met at all until they walked into the gym, and now they're lifelong friends and meet mm. you know, a few times a week for coffee, train together. There, which is fabulous. So, you know, the the sort of a creating a sense of community as well through through the program and exercising, and you know, the fundraisers we're involved in and at charity events. I remember just pre-COVID, dear lady who trains with me, who's who had a stroke some time back, organised the, well, it was a fun run or fun walk and there were obviously those 
who suffered from stroke who were in, uh, you know, had m- mobility devices and things like that or wheelchairs and around the local park just to raise money and awareness and we, we were involved with that, which was quite inspirational really, to be honest. And, you know, that that's you know, the, the greater if you, you threw the net out a bit wider, they're the, the benefits of exercise can be something in the physical as well. Yeah, yeah, the un, unintended, unexpected benefit, that uh, social connection. So I'm sure it kind of affects their motivation as well. They're more committed to the physical activity, and the more physical they become, more social. So it's really a, a complement one another. I could see that, yeah. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And... I'm sure you've seen the boost in mood, too, and attitude and psychological benefits, not just the reducing social isolation, but that kind of mental attitude, too, the mentation, the the outlook about, gee, I'm feeling better, I'm feeling stronger, this is making a big difference. So the person feels more empowered. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you can't stop it. You can't, once you start moving at a certain intensity, a lot of those hormones that you know well about, you know, endorphins and, you know, the, the dopamines and then the serotonins and all those, you know, transmitters that are, that are released through exercise help increase, you know, mood, you know, reduce stress, create a sense of well-being, and, and that's happening every time you do it. So, of course, it is a well-known mood enhancer exercise, which is also a, a benefit as well. And I do and you see it and people, you know, they'll send me a message and they get home and, and later on that day or next morning telling me how much better they feel for coming in, which is whether it's a physical or an emotional or a mood enhancer. The, the one, one of the things I say to people is as long as you leave feeling better or being better for coming in, then that's the, you know, that's an important part of it all. So yeah, that was a successful day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you about the self-efficacy piece here. What are you thinking about there? What, I know because you mentioned that's an important component. What, where does self-efficacy come into the picture? Uh, thanks, Dr. Joe. I touched on this when I went through and did my undergrad degree, the exercise science course, which was exercise psychology and psychology, sorry. And it got me that side of the the course I found really interesting, the the psychology of exercise. And I then had the pleasure of teaching exercise psychology a little bit later. I was asked back to do some teaching and lecturing at at the university and touched on the self-efficacy as well, which 
look, it's it's it refers. Oh, look, I'll go right back. So that was introduced by a, a psychologist and a Canadian American psychologist called Albert Bandera, and this was in the late seventies. So he introduced it. And it's a part of a, a behavioural theory, but it refers to a person's belief in their capacity to carry out behaviours necessary to sort of produce, you know, success and certain achievements and things like that. So, so basically, if a person has high self-efficacy, then that can fuel their motivation to to carry out exercise behaviours and be successful and achieve their goals. That's basically it. So where does it come into the picture for me or how does it all tie in regards to exercise and moving around? Look, as a trainer, I can help sort of fan the flames and build someone's self-efficacy in a few ways. So basically, if someone masters a certain exercise or or feels like confident in their achieving something, that can help. Also, this is all part of that particular theory that self-efficacy is part of. Observing others or role models who have succeeded in the program can get people thinking, look, if they can do it, then, you know, why can't I? So that can certainly help as well. Positive reinforcement for me or verbal persuasion, which I use a lot, of course, is can be quite powerful in, in increasing someone's self-efficacy as well. But it's certainly it has to come from a credible source. That's the thing. So hopefully they see that in me, which is nice, but it also can come from, from others as well, as long as in their eyes they see them as someone held in high regard with regards to what they're doing. So... Yeah, so essentially, look, to wrap it all up with self-efficacy, it's part of a behavioural theory from a psychologist and, it, and it, I use those sort of things or those sort of theories or parts of and I see the positive impact it can have on people sticking with their exercise and adherence. So if you can increase someone's self-efficacy, sorry, it goes a long way to keeping them on the right track and keeping sure. them exercise so they can benefit long-term from it, essentially. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember the work of uh, Albert Bandura uh, years ago when I was in school, too. And, you know, the beauty of, of what you're talking about here, Bill, is that all of this applies to the older adult. And it's not just for middle-aged adults or young adults. What you're really talking about is all of these achievements, this feeling of success, and I call it mastery over one's environment. All of these benefits can be reached at any age. We shouldn't the notion of starting this in our 70s or 80s, because if anything, it's probably more effective, more powerful as we start later in our life, because we're going to have the more benefit. It might take longer, but it's going to reach that mental and physical feeling of control and autonomy and mastery, as I said. Yeah. Yeah, that's the beauty of this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, it's not as you said, it's certainly not a specific. And if anything, sometimes when someone comes in in their seventies or eighties, they have a, a big wall to climb with regards to that mental or some sort of negative connotation to exercise, because they might have mightn't have particularly grown up with it. It mightn't have been something that they did when they were younger, and they have a certain aversion to it because they don't think it's something that will help them. And that couldn't be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. Are there people who uh, should really not be uh, considered a candidate for this, any kind of physical exercise? I mean, who who do you rule out? Obviously, someone who's maybe severely uh, bedridden or 
have a severe stroke. But can you shed any light on this? Who do you rule out as a candidate for these programs? Yes. So, look, it, it's part of the, particularly the, um, well, the face-to-face is a little bit different. The online program, I have a, a screening system sheet that is, someone's encouraged to fill out before they start. And if you go through that, there are, when I say certain criteria, there are things with regards to any conditions or, or ailments someone has that they need to obviously, and, and it goes without saying, if they see me face-to-face or online, that they may need to go and see their their GP or, or medical professional before kicking off. But with regards to the program itself, there's elements of it that can be taken away, whether you're more mobile or whether you have a mobility device or, or, or wheelchair. So a lot of them can be done seated or standing regardless mm-hmm. or, or, or with regards to your mobility levels. There are occasions where someone may not be appropriate for that time, but it will be later on. But it gets that that particular person thinking about their health and they can come back to the program. They might need to address a few things uh, or they might may have a condition that this, they need to address first and reintroduce the program. So it's very rare that someone just, I, I just say to people, look, that's, look, I'm sorry, but we can't help you. In fact, over the course of, of I've been doing this a while now, there's not many people that I have. I've certainly picked up a lot of things uh, just through talking about health that the person might not have been aware of and have gone and addressed a certain health-related issue and have come back and mm-hmm. have been thankful for the fact that they, they, had, they didn't realise they needed to do that and then started up the program. So it was the delay more so than a... Then a, and then a stopping completely, if that makes sense. For sure, yeah. But not with regards to age, there's not a lot of I, – I, I haven't said to someone, look, it's not appropriate for you, I'm sorry, because I've seen the benefits. And I'll tell you a story in a sec, actually. I'll go off. And, but I, I've seen the benefits in, a, in, in those in advanced years, and, a, and you can tailor it to suit someone, the program, uh, from beginners. So essentially it's designed for someone who is starting – completely from scratch or has gone away and has had a long break from exercise. And, of course, you progress as you go along, and I have obviously progressions and, and programs for those that are doing quite well and, and, and things like that. So but getting back to – sorry, I'm getting back to this story. So I was having a bit of a read. I'll jump on and have a bit of a read of things, and I came across this particular story from the Harvard Medical School so where's Harvard? Bond, is that Boston? I think at your Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah. I think. Boston, yeah. um, so a professor there. This is through the Harvard Medical School website. Just reading about seniors' health and fitness and things like that. And this particular professor, who, who's a professor of medicine, physical medicine and rehab, there described the case of 101 year old man, mm-hmm. mind you. So 101, who wanted to increase his strength just to be able to wheel himself down. To read the newspaper, read yeah. himself down, uh, wheel himself down the hall to read the newspaper. So he started on a strength program. So in time, he essentially got to the point where he could use a walker to go down and read the newspaper. So he <laughs> completely ditched the wheelchair <laughs> and was walking himself down with a walking aid, a walker to read the newspaper. Now that had far surpassed his mm. original goal, which was amazing. 
But and I know that's an extreme example, of course, but I think I make the point it's a, quite a powerful one too, yeah. that yeah. even at 101, this gentleman improved his strength enough to walk himself down and completely ditch his wheelchair altogether. So, yeah. so that's Great the story. thing. Is it too late to start? No, it's yeah. not. And, of course, you know, age, let's take age out of the equation altogether, I think, right, because it doesn't tell us anything Somebody might have trouble at 60. Somebody might not have any trouble at 95. So let's take let's take the number out of the picture because it's. I think it causes more trouble than it <laughs> than the positives we get from an old age. So yeah, that's a great story. I like that and exceeding his own expectations and getting to that newspaper. So for our listeners, Bill, how can someone get started? What what kind of programs do you offer? What's the package like if you wanted to describe someone who can't get to Melbourne and they're in Boston? How can they get started? Well, if they're willing to, they can fly me over to Boston. I'm more than happy okay. to <laughs> to help them with their exercise face-to-face. Um, and That's I would love to visit Boston. It would uh, certainly one of the cities I would love to visit. But look, <laughs> sorry, that's a bad joke. But oh, no, it's a um, good joke. <laughs> that might not happen, I, but it's a good joke. <laughs> yeah, I don't like my chances. But look, the so through my website, it's easy to remember. So it's uh dot com. So if you jump on there and go to uh the Growing Young program, you can follow the prompts there and, and sign up. There's a members area. There's some exercise sample ones you can you can click on and have a look at and get a feel for what what you know the sort of things you'll be doing. But in the members area there there are a number of programs and I'm adding to them consistently that the first the beginner program, which is beginner one, essentially caters for those that have done nothing at all. So they've like, okay, I really want to start doing something. I've set up the programs and the exercises so they can do them at home or anywhere, essentially. They can do them on holiday. They can do them in a gym. They can do them in a hall. They can do them in a park. They can do them in the backyard. They can do them in the front yard if they like. So so essentially I wanted to design a program that someone didn't need a lot of fancy gym equipment to do. Mm-hmm. They can use anything around the home and they can certainly, if they have a gym equipment, then terrific. If not, then that, that does not matter at all. So essentially it's caters for those that, like I said, haven't exercised at all or have come back into it after a long absence. And then from there you progress through the progressive exercise program. So each exercise program is a little bit more challenging than the previous one. If you do have a little bit of experience, as I said, you can start at the beginner two or three as your base starting point and and progress from there. So, But it's Mm -hmm. an evolving thing. The programming, I I do that, and so I add programs and, and change programs and as we go along just to obviously keep people improving and being challenged and enjoying it. So down the track, it's just me, but down the track I might get someone younger and better looking to do the uh-huh. the exercise yeah. videos. But the jokes might not be as good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the jokes 
will probably be a lot better. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's the that's the you get lumped with me to start with. So hopefully that's okay with people yeah, as yeah. well. Okay, BillDooley.com. And people can um, send you questions. If they have some questions, they can contact you through your website. Yes, yes, yeah. they can okay. certainly do that or email me. The website has the email address on it. So you can certainly contact me if you have any questions about anything we spoke about today or just, you know, it doesn't have to be to start up. It just could be something that is playing on their mind or I'm happy to help. And look, if it gets someone thinking about being more active or exercising, then I'm happy to help. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate that. I know our listeners will appreciate that. Just to direct any question or thoughts or concerns they might have. So www.billdooley.com. Okay. Well, Bill, looks like we're out of time for today. But before I wrap up, I just want to remind my listeners to visit my website, living200.club. Sign up for my email list and download a free copy of my nine tips to make living longer enjoyable. It's a PDF. You can print it off on your printer. And you'll also see an option to contact me with your questions and comments. I really enjoy people commenting and I welcome your feedback. So, Bill, thanks very much for being a guest on our show today. And BillDooley.com is your website and people can access that and learn more about your programs. Thanks very much. Thanks, Dr. Joe. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, you're most welcome. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Hope to see you next time. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier. 